Thanks for uh, joining in on the Inner Circle podcast. Uh, for this episode, I've got with me uh, Daniel Meisler. Is it? I, I'll let you correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I, I believe it's Meisler uh, from Meisler. Okay, Daniel. Daniel Meisler from IOActive. So, Daniel, uh, tell us um, about you know your role at at IOActive. So, I'm part of the advisory services group there at IOActive, which is essentially the consulting arm of the group. So you have the uh, technical services, which generally finds vulnerabilities, and then advisory services, which helps companies fix them. Okay, very cool. Um, so just a couple weeks ago, we were uh, in San Francisco for the RSA Security Conference. And you know, every year, for those of you who don't go and don't know, um, every year at RSA, uh, IOActive, has a thing called IOASIS. And so it's a little oasis away from the event. It's within walking distance. Uh, you can go there, get a drink, get some hors d'oeuvres, just hang out and sit. They got massages. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great place to, to go and uh, get off your feet for a few minutes. Um, but as an added bonus, they also uh, do a number of presentations and, and there, was, there were a lot of really uh, great presentations at IOASIS uh, this year, and one in particular caught my eye, which is why I asked Daniel to join me, which was uh, the session that he presented at IOASIS called Machine Learning Demystified, Separating the Magic from Marketing. Um, and I just, I, I, the, the title alone sounds very interesting to me just because working in InfoSec and working in you know, as a as a infosec journalist and in infosec marketing, um, you know there is so much uh, you know black magic and buzzword around around machine learning. So t tell us a little bit about your session. Tell tell us what you know what, what was the session about and what's the you know what's what's your take on machine learning? Yeah, no, I, I think you set it up well. I mean, there's just there's so much out there right now, and um, it's really hard to know the difference between what's real and what's not, especially for someone who's not watching it closely. Um, myself, I'm not a, a machine learning expert, like I don't have a PhD, um, you know, machine learning or anything like that. Uh, but I have read about around eight or eight or nine books on it over the last year and a half. Um, and I've done just a lot of study into it, uh, mostly just to be able to peer through this, this haze that you're talking about. Um, and people just have questions, right? They, they, they want to know if machine learning, and really they're kind of lumping into AI, which I'll talk about, but um, what's the difference between AI and machine learning? Is machine learning all hype? Uh, which a lot of people in security think it is because they're just being lied to. Um, what's the difference between machine learning and statistics? A lot of people are like, well, we've been doing statistics forever, and machine learning is pretty much the same, or, or it appears to be. And how can you tell the difference between you know the lies and the real stuff? So um, that's that's basically what the uh, the session was about. Um, I opened it up with a um, with a <clears throat> with a statement that I made on a blog post. Uh, I think last year sometime. Uh, it says uh, machine learning is a lot like love and sex. If you take the time to learn about them in their proper form, they really are magical. But if you see someone bleed with them, and they're trying to sell you something, 
can almost guarantee that they're lying to you. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I think that's a, a fair fair assessment. And yeah, you know, so you, you touched on the you know the kind of the crossover, uh, which I think really is kind of gets to the root of some of the confusion that depending on the vendor, depending on the day, depending on the story, you see sort of machine learning, deep learning, artificial intelligence are all kind of cross contaminated and in intermingled. And, and they are, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure about machine learning and deep learning, but machine learning and artificial intelligence are two distinctly separate things. I mean, there are, there, there are some connecting points, um, but uh, you know, like I said, if you if you were to walk the floor at RSA, um, you know, one of the problems that you have if you're a, if you're just a customer with an expo pass walking the floor trying to understand what vendors have to offer, uh, the problem is everyone has the same pitch. They all use the same buzzwords, and you're somehow supposed to, you know, without being an infosec expert, you're supposed to be able to figure out who can actually do those things and who is just saying they can do those things. And if everyone tosses out machine learning as a thing that they supposedly do, it, it kind of waters down its value, uh, you know, if, in, in, as a marketing tool, but it also really kind of confuses the market, I think, for the ones who are really doing machine learning and doing it well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the, other, the other interesting thing there is that uh, machine learning is just a tool to basically find more insights from data, right? Um, but we've already got lots of other tools for doing that. We have our own intuition, we have uh, statistics, we have Excel. Um, so it's pretty interesting as basically everyone starts using machine learning, which is, which is becoming the case. I, I don't think it's true for all uh, security vendors yet, but and certainly not the number that are claiming it, but pretty soon it, it'll just be part of every business. So imagine if you went to a business pitch and they're, uh, you know, Shark Tank or something, and they're like, "Well, here's the thing: we use Excel in, in our business." And you're like, "What?" And you're like, "Yeah, we use Excel. So that's our competitive edge is we use Excel." And it's like to do what? Like that doesn't necessarily mean you have like some magical answer. Right, um, and and that's really the same thing with machine learning. It's just a tool. You still have to have intelligence guiding it. You have to have intelligence pointing it at the right data and the right problem. Well, and that's a that is the next point I, I wanted to get at, which is machine learning is just a tool, and the value of that tool is dependent on what you feed it, and so yes. you need to, you need to not only have a significant volume of data in order to get really good machine learning results, but you've got to have the right data. I mean, if you just throw a bunch of crap at a machine learning, you know, algorithm, you're not going to get anything of value out of it. Yeah. In fact, you'll be lucky if it gives you just garbage. Uh, you'll be unlucky if it gives you something that looks good and actually isn't, <laughs> uh, which is, which happens a lot, uh, where you think it works perfectly. Uh, there's, there's a problem with a thing called overfitting, where um, you tune it so well that it works perfectly for the data you trained it on, but it doesn't work in the real world. Um, so there's there's a bunch of pitfalls and, and a bunch of counters to, to how to defend against that. Um, so I think one interesting thing w which we did in the talk was talk about uh, just 
kind of stepping back and defining AI, um, just so you can differentiate it from uh, machine learning when people are coming at you. So AI is kind of like the umbrella, it's the higher level piece. Uh, attempt to design intelligent agents that evaluate their environment and make decisions that advance their goals. So it really is something trying to solve the world and you know make their way in it and kind of win. Um, and sort of my definition, which is much easier than that, is uh, computers doing things that could previously only be done by humans. And I think that's the way most people think about it, right? So if that's whatever it is, beating, beating the best person, beating the best human at Go, for example. Right. Um, and then machine learning uh, is the ability for computers to learn from data instead of needing to be reprogrammed. Which the definition itself is pretty awesome. I, I think that is scary by itself. But like you said, it's not just any data. It has to be really well manicured and cared for data that's kind of in perfect form to be consumed. Well, it, well I guess I have two points. Um, uh, no, maybe just one because I think I've already forgot the first one. Uh, but the. I think when you put those two things together, that's where the scary part comes. Because if if you've got an AI that can sort of apply some level of intelligence to sort of help it fine tune what that data is and what it's, and, and understand better what it's looking at, then it kind of become it can it could become a sort of self perpetuating where it, you know the AI improves the machine learning and the machine learning improves the AI, and you know and then there's a, a, a cycle in there. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, I, well, I guess we'll just continue, and we'll see if I remember what my other point was. <laughs> okay, sure, sure, yeah. So, so the next thing underneath machine learning, there are a few really core areas. So, um, there's a thing called supervised learning, which is machine learning that basically takes an input and assigns a label to it. And this is very classically like: is it a cat, or is it a dog, or is it neither? Um, you know, is it human, is it robot, is it whatever. So where you, and then of course you train by giving it things that already have the label. So you're teaching it what is and what isn't a cat, for example. Um, the next one is called unsupervised learning. And that is where you take the inputs and the algorithm finds patterns. So uh, you might imagine like a band, uh, like a vertical band that has like colors off to the side. Like um, to the right, there's like this purple band where the rest of it's um, gray or something like that. And you, and you would say, okay, what is this over here? You dive into it and that's when it shows you that these this data set, they all share something. And when you dig into it, you might find out that whatever, people who purchase a product that you want them to purchase, they all have this thing in common you thought it was one thing, but it turns out it was actually like how tall they are, or, or whatever. Right, right. Um, so that one basically, it doesn't label, but it shows you patterns. And then the other one, uh, which is getting a lot more sort of interest lately, is called uh, reinforcement learning. And that's where you basically use trial and error to try and achieve a goal. So it's basically like really uh, like kind of uh, aggressive uh, A-B testing. 
right? So it just keeps trying lots of different things. Um, and then there's there's a couple of variations of this. Um, some some of which are under here, but some of which are sort of more uh, to the side, where it's like genetic algorithms. So you basically you have evolution, um, where you have vari variation, you have reproduction. You try those against the reinforcement learning to see if it achieves something. If they achieve some level of success, they basically reproduce those ideas. They have variation, and it just keeps going, and it keeps reproducing. And one of the coolest um, examples of this, um, and this is from quite a while ago, was um, they brought in some super experts on boats. Um, and I don't remember all the terms for boats, but there's like the, the part that goes deep into the water. Is that the keel? I think it might be the keel. Sounds right. Uh, but yeah, but they were like, we need this boat to go as fast as possible in the forward direction, and it's going to face winds, and we don't need it to tip over. So these are people with you know, 30, 40 years of boat design experience. And there's like 10 of them, and they build this boat, and they test it. Well, then this one, one guy in the corner is building an algorithm. It, I think it did something like... Um, like 256 or maybe a thousand, some very fast number of iterations, where that's what it did. It mated ideas together, had variation, and then tried those against the wind and the water, and it beat these, this room full of experts in a matter of minutes. Impressive. Uh, so, okay, so I remember what I was going to say, which is when you were talking about. Um, uh, the uh, f sort of over over tuning or whatever, or, or f fine tuning your machine learning algorithm so that it you know, basically gives you the results you were looking for. Um, it reminded me that that is uh, that also happens just in science. I mean that you're, you when you create a scientific experiment, you create the experiment. It's designed to find a certain uh, you know you're, you have a goal in mind. You're trying to prove a certain thing, and you know and so. The, the, that scientific experiment, most of the time, won't prove or disprove any other things. It's only designed to prove or disprove the thing you designed it to do. Um, yeah. And and you know and that's where I think some of these other uh, sort of approaches to the machine learning algorithm that you just described, and sort of incorporating AI into it, let you you know, hopefully kind of break beyond that and say, well, okay, you know, let's, let's not just look at what we think we want to see. Let's look at the patterns. Let's try some different things. Let's try to see what is the data telling us instead of just looking for what we want the data to tell us. Yeah, exactly. No, that's, that's a great point because, um, yeah, especially if you design an algorithm to sort of give you a result like you're talking about and it, you run some data through it, and it appears to give you that result. Um, it, it, it could just it could be bad because it'll prematurely sort of confirm that you were right, but it's just bias coming into the into the data and into the design of the experiment. Right, and you know, not not to go off into the uh, political weeds, but I think that sort of error in in machine learning algorithm is what happens in like Facebook and social media where they've applied an algorithm that they think is going to show me what I want to see. The problem is they're only showing me those things, which then creates a sort of bias of its own where I think the whole world agrees with me 
because yep. that's all I see. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, all right. Well, I, I mean, is there anything else you want to add on this? I mean, I, I think all, uh, all is very cool and I, and I, and I, and I think it's uh, very valuable to have the conversation of really trying to explain, you know, what, what are these different approaches to machine learning and how does that differ, differ from artificial intelligence? Because like I said, everyone is using, you know, well, actually, like you said, everyone pretty much is, gonna, is, is either using or they're very soon going to be using machine learning on some level in some way. The challenge as a, as a consumer or the challenge as a business looking at different tools is to understand the differences in how they're using it and whether or not that output is actually valid and valuable for your purposes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got a couple more examples I could do and I can give uh, a couple takeaways like how to hopefully cut through bull uh, when you hear it on the RSA floor. All right, cool. Let's go. Um, all right, so first example, um, this is pretty crazy. So this is the computer that beat um, the human Go player. So the first one took hundreds of uh, CPUs, and it took um, hundreds of hours of many, many engineers programming. And it finally beat the human. Well, there's a subsequent version that was built. It took, it can run on a laptop, and it beat itself in three days with zero training from a human. Damn. So now they just keep getting better at, at beating themselves. It's it's ridiculous. Um, let's see here. The next one, uh, which is really, really interesting, is um, this one just happened. This, I think, it was 2018. Um, they had four like professional, really highly rated lawyers Look at a giant legal contract and try to find those, um, try to find errors. So after two months of testing, the results were in. AI finished the test with an average accuracy of 94%. The lawyers achieved an average of 85%. <laughs> the AI's accuracy on individual tests was 100%, while the highest rating human lawyer was 97%. Now here's here's what's crazy and it's a little bit scary. The lawyers took an average of 92 minutes to finish reviewing the contracts. The longest take, the time taken by a lawyer was 156 minutes. The AI took 26 seconds. Damn. Yeah. That's, that is just crazy. Um, all right, so, um, all right, a couple things to think about here. Um, the better, AI gets, the more we're going to trust the output without thinking. And it'll allow someone to poison that output, and we won't even notice because we'll think it's coming from the AI, which is kind of a problem. Right. Um, um, so here's some questions you can sort of ask a vendor. Um, can we do the demo with our data instead of yours to make sure that it's not a perfect AI just for their little test sample? Right. Ask them, ask them what algorithms they're using. If they can't answer, then they're probably just hand-waving. Um, what specific insights are they able, able to extract that they couldn't without AI? Um, so this is really just forcing them, because you're probably talking to some salesperson. If find someone in the company who can actually answer these questions. If they can't, they probably have you know, an Excel macro that they're calling AI. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Uh, can we talk to customers that use the AI components successfully? And have you shared your techniques with the AI research community? So that set of questions will hopefully help you pick through what's real and what isn't. Sounds good. Uh, on your, your point about uh, trusting the AI and, and, and being able to you know, poison those results, we already see that to some extent when you look at things like using Waze or Apple Maps or Google Maps. I mean, you, 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 you know, people inherently trust that those mapping uh, tools know what the hell they're talking about, which is how you end up with people driving into lakes and driving onto runways and, and whatever else, because you're, you're assuming that, that that AI is smarter about how to get there than you are. No, absolutely. And, and I think there's commercial and sort of political implications there. Let, let's say that the algorithm looks pretty much the same, but it can t choose to take you by a Starbucks or it can choose to take you by a Phil's coffee. Yep. But, but that map application was purchased by Starbucks, so now they tweak the algorithm a little bit so you always go by a Starbucks. Do you even notice? No, but you buy more coffee. Good point. I think you just gave Starbucks some ideas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, Daniel, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, chat with me about this. Uh, like I said, I'm you know I'm I'm, I'm geeky, so I think it's super cool. Uh, hopefully, the Inner Circle Podcast audience thinks it's super cool. But um, but definitely, you know, the the, the tips that you just outlined, uh, I think, will help people uh, who are shopping for for machine learning based tools. To try and separate, you know, what's uh, what's snake oil from what's a real tool. Absolutely. So, um, thank you. Take care. All right. Thank you. Bye. I want to say thank you to IOActive for being a sponsor of TechSpective. IOActive is a trusted security advisor serving the Global 500 and enterprises around the world to help them safeguard their assets and improve their overall security posture. Uh, IOActive researchers and consultants engage in cutting-edge security research so that they can better understand how attackers think and the tools and exploits they use, and then apply that knowledge to help secure and protect clients. You can show your support and learn more about IOActive by clicking the IOActive logo under Sponsors at the upper right of TechSpective, or you could visit IOActive online at ioactive.com. Thank you for listening. I hope that you uh, got some entertainment or education or, or some value out of uh, the time you invested listening to the podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would give me that feedback and let me know what you like and what you don't like, either in the comments, uh, on the on the blog post on TechSpective, or uh, review the uh, podcast in iTunes. Um, but regardless, uh, again, I just really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. Thank you.